Go bump in the night, chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright, thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Thank you for joining us here on Nerds from the Crypt, where we review your favorite and sometimes not so favorite horror movies and media. We are also inviting indie creators to join us in the, here in the Crypt to talk about their ongoing and upcoming projects. Today we have a double episode lined up for you. We'll be talking about a project currently in the Kickstarter phase and a favorite movie of mine. With me, as always, is my co-host, David. Good morning. Welcome from the crypt. Greg will be joining us shortly, but in the meantime, I wanted to go ahead and introduce our guest for today, returning back to the podcast, Mr. Eric Hawkins. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. So yeah, like I said before, we're going to be talking about a, a movie that I've actually been a fan of for, for quite a while already. Um, I'm not sure if anyone else had already seen the movie prior to to um, to this, but we're going to be talking about Behind the Mask, The Rice of Leslie Vernon. Eric, have you heard about this movie at all? I had not heard about it until you sent me a link, then I watched it last night. How about you, Greg and um, David? I hadn't heard about it until uh, you started talking it up, and I was kicking myself for, for sleeping on it so long because it was, it was definitely something that would have uh, fit right into my 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 bag of movies that I would want to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm disappointed. I didn't set my alarm a little earlier. This, uh, this movie was really great. And as soon as I started watching it, I'd, you know, I recognized all the, the nods to my favorite horror movies in it. So this is a little bit different movie than what we've normally seen here. We've, we've done reviews for a uh, slasher film and we've done reviews for found footage film. And this is more of a, a mixture of both, but also an homage to to the old um, slashers like like Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, even Child's Play uh, get, gets dropped and name name dropped here um, with Chucky for for uh, a bit here. Before we go into specifics of the movie, um, Eric, can you can you give me um, what, what you thought of the movie itself? Yeah, I thought some of these people were dead, and I thought it was a new movie. <laughs> I was like, wait, oh, this came out a few years ago. Then, uh, then so I watched it last night. Like, oh, this is pretty interesting. I, I I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. It was pretty interesting. First impressions, Greg. Um, I just loved all the like the homage to stuff. I thought um, uh, I definitely like movies that are uh, that behind the scenes kind of uh, footage or the uh, the mockumentary esque type thing. So um, watching this, I was like, yes, every every minute it rolled through, and every time it dropped something uh, uh, from movies that I'd watched in the past or nodded to something that was uh, hilarious in the sense of like, yes, that is uh, just so much reality TV. I, I just was like, <laughs> give me more of that. <laughs> yeah. It, it had a great balance between um, uh, nodding to classic horror films and then also kind of this huge mockumentary style of, of, a, of a movie with also like a, a moving plot, which made it even better. Um, one of my favorite shows is Documentary Now, and so I loved seeing um, how they're kind of taking uh, a jab at all of our favorite shows here. My, I just got my wife to watch The Office finally, and we we finished <laughs> we finished um, the series pretty quickly, and I was like, you see, it's like uh, it's it's like um, The Office meets uh, Jason or Office meets Mike Myers, and uh, <laughs> that's really how I was able to get her to to watch it, um, and. 
she she enjoyed it. She didn't. It wasn't her favorite movie, right? But she she didn't dislike it either. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I actually prepared for it because it's a little bit different movie than when you're what you're gonna be um, what you're normal normally uh, used to watching. Uh, so just just be prepared for that. And yes, it, it is a, very much an homage to the slasher film, and it has cameos from from Robert England, Zelda Rubinstein. Um, Kane Hodder, he, the guy that plays uh, uh, Jason for a couple of films, he he appears as a, just a normal person on Elm Street, and yeah, and that's what one of the things I really enjoyed about it is that it takes place in a fictional world where Freddy, Chucky, Jason, Mike Myers are all serial killers who have somehow turned into this mythical. Um, supernatural legend for each of their their own sites uh, i guess series i guess we even hear that freddie has terrorized a, a community so bad that they that they're afraid to sleep uh hinting that he's just a regular person and the legend that has built been built around him has just been don't go to bed because he can even kill you in your sleep yeah, and it's it's kind of got that that feel of like, hey, if you if you if you try really hard, you can grow up to be just like him, you know. <laughs> and that's 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 the the best <laughs> part about this whole you know Leslie Vernon story is like he's he's got that desire. It's he's driven. It's the <laughs> ESPN thirty for thirty uh, on serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> he has ambition. Uh, if you listen to the to the trailer. You you hear Zelda Rubinstein's uh, character, who is like the libra- librarian, uh, tell the story of of Leslie Vernon uh, and how the townspeople kind of killed him or threw him off uh, into a into a, a, a waterfall or I guess a re- lake. I'm not sure where he allegedly died, and this is his mm-hmm. way to come back. But unlike um, unlike the movies that we're used to watching, he just didn't show back up and get revenge. He grew up as a, as a person with uh, unhinged and he is now preparing his, his, uh, his revenge, even going out and, and contacting a, a documentary crew to to follow him and do all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, he wants it all, all he wants his unpacking to, to be uh, represented on tape. (laughs) It's like an unboxing moment, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> YouTube video. Exactly. The character of of Leslie Vern, um, and we won't spoil the 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 reveal a little bit later on, but the um, the actual character of Leslie Vern, I enjoy the fact that we can see that he's not he's he's trying to be normal, he's trying to be jokey. But at the same time, when you know what he's doing, it feels like he's he's a lot more sinister, a lot more evil than than you would think. Because you you would feel like someone who is that intent on doing something like this would not be so jokey, would not be so so just aloof on on what it's gonna be happening. That's what's so funny about the whole movie. The whole time is from the very beginning. Like I didn't watch the trailer, so I didn't realize it was a comedy. And so the whole time, you're just like, oh, this guy. This is his life work. This is his life passion, and it's that's what's so funny. It's like if you were to meet somebody like that, you would you would act that way. You'd be like, yeah, like he's so excited to go to his nine to five. Like he's just playing it out. Like this is what he's gonna do. The, the portrayal that Nathan Basil does as 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 this this um, this killer preparing, uh, it's very he he kind of like I I want to say he he wears the skin very well. 
Um, he he does he does such a good job at portraying someone kind of like a Ted Bundy or uh, like um, if if you've watched if anybody's out there watched the the show You on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, being joe or will uh just being a normal person but falling into doing all the things that someone does to to follow somebody and do all that stuff he he does all these things and he's just doing his he's just living his life and everybody just probably imagines he's just a normal dude but yeah he's he's got this running in the background he's he's got a checklist of all the things he's going to do as he starts to rock through his 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 nighttime activities (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize it was going to be a you know somewhat of a comedy either until I started watching it, and then uh, I kind of got engulfed watching it. And uh, it, it was really funny, you know, with you know, him talking about the the things he does and uh, the training and, and all that stuff. It really, it really, uh, it was really interesting. Did you guys, uh, um, Greg and and uh, David, did you all rec- recognize any of the areas that they they filmed this? So you that I, I was gonna bring that up, and uh, it's crazy because um, I, and I I'm I, I'm hoping David does, but uh, like living in that living living close to and around that area and driving up and down the river on the, the Oregon side, yes, <laughs> I was like, I I know where that oh, is. Hold on, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, I know yeah dude, like yeah, dude, it's it's Troutdale, it's um. Rainier, Oregon. <laughs> oh my god! I, yeah, that's where my parents teach. That's so funny. It's it's ridiculous because I'm like I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh, that that is all in Oregon and living in that area. For, that's why for it some looks time. so familiar. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my gosh, I've I've worked out in those areas. I I know I know where this is at. And I'm like, what the heck? Because they they give some like fake name for the town, and I'm like, that's that's. I know where that's this is at Estacada. It's they film in Estacada, and I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, even the the library scene is in in Portland, the Central Library there. Yeah. So David, David, next time you go, you can you can jump on the on the book stacks and just act like you're you're uh, Leslie Vernon. The story's even more real. <laughs> well, I think that's also what's so great about this is because in the as far as superhero movies go, we've started to see a few where characters are self aware that like. Captain America, Iron Man, are these larger-than-life uh, myths in society. But we've never really had a movie that's like, or I've never seen one before that's been like self-acknowledging of other um, like serial killers like uh, Freddy Krueger and Jason as an existence. And it's like, yeah, like if you aspired, uh, if you will, so like you would recognize those people as like heroes to you. Mm-hmm. It's that twisted mindset that that he actually looks up to these prolif- uh, prolific uh, serial killers, even to the point where he gets mentored by an old school serial killer, which I would think goes to something like, like Ted Bundy or even um, like the, like the, uh, what's his name? Um, the Zodiac and like that um, with, uh, with, with Herschel from <laughs> the walking dead. Yeah. <laughs> And it's crazy. I mean, he's got a, he's got a, I mean, like as far as horror movies and stuff like that, he has such an amazing uh, uh, filmography for himself. So it just made sense that he would be somebody that would, you know, he would be the mentor, if you will. (laughs) So it's kind of nice. So we talked about, and Eric, you brought it up, uh, this whole, what he does to prepare for this. And we, there's, it's always this thing where people say that, you know, 
horror movies are so cliched and slasher movies are so cliched. All oh, this and this happens and this and this happens. Well, there's a reason for that now in this in this movie. It's because those killers prepare for their victims. They choose their groups. There's always that mixture of group. You're always like, why would this person hang out with this person or whatever? Well, it's because this the the killer himself is is um is manipulating these group of people to hang out to, together in a certain way, to um, act a certain way. He sets up the house they're going to to kind of move them around the the house that he wants them to. Um, there's always that little thing where the car doesn't start, where their weapon that they choose doesn't work, or it doesn't you know, and it's all you know it's put out by by leslie to be to play out as a certain way even to the point where he chooses his final girl um with and mm-hmm. here they 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 what do they call it the um survivor girl yep yeah mm-hmm. survivor girl. yeah yeah and i think the my favorite part that is not part of the main story is when he goes to talk to eugene and he's like, "Hey, where's Eugene?" And he's like, "Oh, he's just in the back, out in the uh, in the tank." And he's been there for three days yeah. <laughs> underground. Um, I think that's to point to the fact that sometimes these killers are actually buried, and they're they're able to just come back like nothing. And this is the the reason why they're able to is because they may seem dead, and they they're able to to they they, they prepare to fake their own deaths. So that they can keep coming back and keep continuing their own legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the uh, basically like, all these all these times that they do this preparation stuff, it's so it 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 blows my mind watching this. Like the that thought of them preparing for these things is just is is wild. But it but it makes sense, right? So yes, Eugene going into the into the ground and and, and being buried, and then and you've got Leslie doing the whole running thing to or you know the slow walk again to to prepare to prepare his his movements and stuff like that it's it's so it it blows my mind and i love it i love it yeah that's what er the cardio go ahead the cardio slow walk is my was one of my favorite bits he's like it takes a lot of effort to put together cardio like that you just don't understand (laughs) that was one of my that was one of my favorite parts too i just cracked up yeah the part of like like it's it's a he even says it it's like a what's it called um something that killers need to abide by it's it's like a a rule of of thumb that you need to do it where you have to act like you're walking but you're really just hauling your ass off trying to go go after the people but when they turn around you need to be pretending like you're walking just to to i guess to scare the crap out of them that you're still able to keep up with them (laughs) yeah which has always been one of those things like how is jason who was so slow still behind you when you've been running like for 10 minutes straight so it's like when they turn their head and they're looking straight, you're running really yeah. fast. And then as soon as they turn their head, you just slow walk. It. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and at the beginning of the movie, it starts off like a regular film, right? And you mm-hmm. see the, the final girl, I think her name was Jesse. She's, she uh, yeah. puts, throws out the trash. The door so- closes behind her. You see Leslie in the background. She, she, when, she, the, when the door closes, she turns back. She, when she turns back to look for Leslie, he's gone. That is one of those cliche um, things you see in movies, and now we see is that it's it's all set up by him again. Like I said before, he pulls the brick out from the door, he sets it up, and all it's all there just to mess with her mind, so that when it all yeah. starts going down to the day of the of the the killing, it's all in her head that it's been going on for a while. 
mm-hmm. even to the point where he fakes news stories so uh, leaves them plants them so that she can catch so that she thinks that there's something that that her family did and that that there's a reason why he's after her my wife's question over and over again was how is it these people who are filming this how are they still so okay with this <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> their scruples aren't there and i'm telling you it's like it's because the thing is that they don't think this guy's being serious on what he's going to do they think he's just like a a local uh crackpot that is that is just like talking about this and this and that and then when it comes down to it it's it's all going to either be a joke or it's going to be something that's not going to happen before we jump into the towards the end here is there anything specific on the preparation that we haven't talked about that you guys want to want to um, bring up because there, there's a lot of specifics that he does talk about in preparing for this the axe and sledgehammer yeah reason why they never they never work in movies <laughs> <laughs> he sabotages them. He booby traps them so they're not going to work. <laughs> the uh, the whole uh, when when they ask him, well, why why wouldn't they just come out the window and like, oh, I nailed I nailed those shut. Wouldn't they break those out? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. I don't know why. <laughs> when they do that, it's up upstairs and they're screwed when they do it upstairs. Yeah, it's it it's like like I said, it he plays it to where it's like it's something that they have to do to make it right and then but he also puts like the like the the victims and like they play on they play into it they it's like they act in a certain way he knows how they're acting and it's a whole i guess psychological thing where he was in their heads already he's put them in this mindset of of hunting them and now it's their turn to act the way they need to act to to get the desired outcome he wants I just to, to speak on the documentary crew. Um, I've been on a documentary crew before. And I think sometimes when you're filming uh, and working with people that are that are doing whatever it is that they're doing and you're and you're documenting that you like you said, you just feel like they're going to uh, they're either they're either going through the motions of whatever. So you're trying to capture everything or they're they're It's going to be like the big surprise. I'm just messing around. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. So I, I really like I when when we're watching the movie and you're seeing the documentary crew go through all this, it's kind of like you feel for them in empathy on one hand, but you also know that like they they they've signed on for this, and it's like, oh man, well it's gonna be you know. So and, and being in their shoes at one point, I'm like, oh, I know it could go either one way, one or the other way, because I've been in, in in one situation where it went one way, where it was a big, oh, hey, hey, guys, thanks for coming out. I really didn't think you were going to come out and actually film any of this. And another another situation where it was like, can we stop filming and just walk away from this right now? Because this is getting very, very strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same in the same vein, but it's very similar to uh, to Butterfly Kisses. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's it's a found footage but in that movie, it's like three different views, three different types of found footage and well, two different types of found footage and a documentary going on at the same time where it kind mm-hmm. of like it bleeds into each other and then it becomes self-aware. And this yeah. is super self-aware from the very beginning. It takes itself seriously when it needs to, but it takes it. It doesn't mm-hmm. take itself too seriously in, in the parts that it that is that it works for the movie itself. Oh, uh, we're we're missing Robert England here. Um, his oh, his yeah. Ahab, um, which refers to to Moby Dick, right? Um, yeah, a little bit of Moby Dick there, a little bit of uh, Halloween. Yeah, he's he's pretty much Doctor Loomis. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll go ahead and, and get to the twist. I wanted to save the twist, even though this movie's been out for thirteen years now. I think. Um, 
it it's something I didn't want to I don't I didn't want to throw in there at the beginning because it's it's still something that I would prefer people to go watch before even listening to this. Um, Leslie Vernon is not Leslie Vernon. His le- his name is Leslie Man- Mancusco Mancusco, um, and he's just per- a regular person who decided that he is a psychopath and wants to find a way to become a legend, pretty much. And uh, mm-hmm. he decides that he's gonna. He's found this legend of the in this in this um, town of uh, Glen Echo um, that ch- kids go to this house every year on the anniversary of his death and, and kind of you know uh, dare each other to spend the night. So he's a like, perfect place to to stage my my cr- crimes. And he becomes this character to the point where he does not want anybody looking into his story because he, he he gets pissed. Um, yeah. And we find out that that um, Doctor, what's his name, um, Halligan? Uh, Doc Doc Halloran. Doc Halloran um, was actually his uh, his doctor back in Reno, um, and his uh, he knows about what he what he's planning to do, so he's there to just kind of save the day, trying to hold uh, make sure that Jesse doesn't get hurt. Um, and they, he finds out that they find out and they're still like, you know, they're still not sure they want to continue to the, up to the night that's all going to happen. Once again, I, I don't see how anyone would have been okay up to the point where he does his first killings. Right. (laughs) My wife was like, what is wrong with this people? (laughs) Which also plays on classic horror tropes of the whole time you're like why are these people doing this like who would just do all these stupid decisions like why would you keep filming this serial it's that what is it progressive commercial uh where it's like (laughs) if you're in a horror movie or is it geico uh, if you're in a horror movie you make dumb decisions Uh, and they're like yeah (laughs) he goes what do we do go to the it's like they show the car they show the 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 chainsaw uh shed and they're like Mm -hmm. let's go behind the chainsaws Uh, well, you know, the cameraman, he, he was after the first killing, he's like, should I be recording this? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think they even like they, they, they actualize that and they're like, oh, my God, we're part of this now. <laughs> like, and it's like that moment of like, we're, we're part of everything. <laughs> and then, of course, what they don't expect is for Leslie to then adapt to the situation. Like they think they have them all figured out and then he adapts. Well, you yeah. know, right before the first kill, they he um you can tell uh that they're they're already starting to to think about should we be doing this and um you see uh taylor who was the 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 host of this um what's it called of of this documentary of the show yeah Yeah. you see her kind of like thinking do we stop this do we stop this and then he finally when those the two um the, the two teens come upstairs there is like it's all coming in, coming into into fruition of what he's what he said he's gonna happen what he said it's gonna how it's gonna plan out and it happens and he, then that's where she kind of like we can't do this anymore to the point where Leslie Leslie's actually the one that kicks about like no you're not gonna be here because you have that face that you're gonna you're gonna have to stop this and uh, get out of here mm-hmm. and and this is where it switches over right it switches over from the the mockumentary to a, a regular film um, and yeah. we finally see the the um the cameramen who have up to this point been a character in the movie but mm-hmm. we are separated by the cameras from seeing them yeah um 
I think Todd, the 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 bigger guy, he uh, he's the funny one. Um, you, I think you brought it up right uh, when when they're in the in the library. Um, he's got like little one liners. He even actually corrects um, Taylor and like, hey, shouldn't you have been asking the question, not me? Or was it the other guy <laughs> that did it? But they 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 edit themselves during the movie. Yeah, he's he's got he's got little quips throughout the whole thing, and uh, it's pretty funny. We're we're into the part where where it's uh, the traditional movie now, the traditional slasher, and we find out that his final girl is not the virgin that he was saying that she was going to be. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, that's where the the quips from the from the the cameraman is like, "Oh, she's no virgin," <laughs> um, <laughs> and. You start seeing Taylor kind of start trying to to figure out everything going on, how everything's going on. Um, to a point where Jesse, she falls out of the tree. She does she does the stupid thing that he was planning on one of them doing. To the point where it's like, was she really the final girl that he was thinking of? Because the final girl should not make that dumb decision to go out of the tr- out out of the window. At that point, they think they're screwed because they think that she was the only hope to survive by protecting her, by making sure she's the one that kills him because that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. And at, at that point, they they think they're screwed. And then they, they turn it back on him, right? They're like, okay, this is what he expects. This is, let's go ahead and try to do this to try to, fo- do, to, do. to, to foil yeah. him. And every, every step of the way, he's just, he's just in, ahead of them. It's 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 like the the best worst game of chess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Before we continue, what did you guys think of of uh, Leslie's uh, getup? So great! Like I, you love it because at first, I mean, this is before like the show you even came out. But he's sort of this like charismatic, charming, all right looking guy, pretty good looking. And then uh, when he puts on the costume, he's sort of like a a combination of every like iconic slasher you've seen. Like I. At first, it was like, oh, it's like a mask from Jason, like the makeup. And even the, the preparation he went into to like putting on the face makeup. I'm sure you could relate to that with like the, the clown get up where he was like, yeah, the whole preparation of it all. That, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was like it, so many layers to it. And it made, it was, it was almost like he was, he's hiding himself from everything else so that you wouldn't see all the other you know you would you wouldn't see him but you would see all these other things so it was it was masking that and also whatever whatever was scary to somebody would be represented on mm-hmm. one of those layers well he even puts on flame retardant um cream on all over his body uh at one point and he uh, so that kind of plays to the ending of the movie at one point i was like what the heck is he supposed to be i was trying to figure out like what he, like why is he dressed that mask like why did he choose that mask and then um, that stoner guy goes in and like, hey, guys, check out this uh, scarecrow. I'm like, oh, is that what he's supposed to be? He's supposed to be a scarecrow kind of looking thing. Because at one point, I don't know if you remember this, but they look out the window and he's kind of just standing there like a scarecrow. And I'm like, yeah. oh, OK. I, I, OK, I guess that's what he's supposed to be. And then he has a sickle. So it's like, Eric, would you if like I'd say you were we were designing the, uh, him, what, would you tweak anything or what would you tweak on him? Uh, you know, I think I'd probably give him like a, if he's if he's supposed to be like a scarecrow, maybe a um, like a tattered suit coat to go over the outfit. Uh, but otherwise, I thought the character was really cool looking. I mean, it was kind of an amalgam of all all slasher characters. And I think they even said that earlier in the movie that like he's like a monkey. 
because he's able to like jump up and down those those bookshelves in the library. Yeah, yeah, And he even he even has the doctor pegged on what point he's going to come out. He's already like thought of all through, even everything going and changing on them. Um, he's still on uh, ahead of everybody else. Todd, the the camera guy, he's he decides to sacrifice himself. Everybody else still falls into his game. They still go into the into the barn. They still follow every single thing, and that's where they dis- they figure it all out. Like Jesse was never the final girl; it was always Taylor um, from the very beginning. So Taylor was the one that he was stalking from the beginning. Taylor was the one that he was grooming to do all this, and that's why he reached mm-hmm. out to them to to do this documentary because she he wanted them there from the very beginning. That's a twist. I wish I had Jesse's girl. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at the end. Taylor does become the heroine that he's hoping for. He does. She he she does go get the the axe, um, which surprised me yeah. um, that he she got the weapon that he she knew was was rigged. But he said that she they always pick this this one of these weapons, and and, and it happened um, to the point where you think that she she killed him. She goes back down to pick up the the handle, and he's gone like that fast. He's he's <laughs> gone already. Yeah. Um, leading down the orchard like he just like he said and then but she was finally able to overcome him and put him in the apple press which is something he said was going to happen too yeah it's a, he had it all planned from the beginning he knew yeah and the thing is like he said he wants to become a legend he he kind of made sure that he was going to die mm-hmm. um which leads to did he actually die I don't know. He he was doing something to the apple press, and he when she's doing the the person doing the apple press, he says, "I knew you'd be the one." So he's <laughs> quote unquote stuck on there. She catches the the barn on fire, and then they never mm-hmm. see his body. They never show his body. But like I said before, he put on flame retardant cream. I don't know how long it can last in in flames like yeah. that. Um, Only a NASCAR driver would know. Exactly. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, you would think that one of part of his his getup would be some sort of flame retardant, uh, like underwear or something. Um, Magic underwear. Magic underwear. (laughs) 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 Um, So, I don't know. It's uh, it leaves it up in the air that whether he really died or not, because they said, I don't know. Uh, I would think so. A, A regular person would die. Well, I think that's the ending. The final cliche of most uh, horror slasher films is that you don't know if the killer is dead or not until the sequel comes out two years later, right? Or in this case, like seven years later. Exactly. Seven whole Which, years. Well, I mean, I mean, not to spoil anything, but there is a a, a, a link page on IMDb, so. I mean, there. <laughs> well, is there a sequel? There is not yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But they, they, it's. I would like to see a prequel. I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, I think they were going to film when I first saw this. I think they said they were going to film a prequel kind of little thing for it. Um, I never watched it though. If it did come out, the thing is that this came out in two thousand six, and for a long time there was talks about a sequel and how they can do it, but now. In 2017, uh, 11 years later, the director kind of said that, you know, due to how things have changed yeah. in over those 11 years, they're, they've kind of put themselves in a position where they might not be able to do a sequel um, 
to make it work with how they did it previously. So they go, they wanted to do one, they took too long, and they, they don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off now. So I don't know if it's ever going to come out. Um, I would I would like to see the, the prequel with with uh, Holleran and and um, and Leslie when they're and you know their initial initial um, what is it called meeting or even a sequel with him coming back and trying to do do it again and that can that one can just be a straight out regular movie just like uh, Books of Shadow Book of Shadows with Blair Witch mm-hmm. um, which by the way I actually enjoy that movie I, I know a lot of people crap on it but I actually enjoy Book of Shadows I'm not, it's not my favorite movie but I, I enjoyed it um, I think it's a sequel a to movie. this one don't, would don't, really do huh? don't deny it dude it's your favorite movie <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I've always enjoyed it, and uh, I, I I will um, tell people you know it's a lot better if you if you really just um, think about what what it's trying to do. It it had a it had a big shoes to fill with uh, with what the Blur Witch did the very the very first time that that came out. Yeah, true, true. So yeah, um, what was you guys' favorite kill? Whew. Either okay, let's put it this way because this is a different type of movie. Either favorite kill mm-hmm. or slash prepare prepare preparing for the kill. Uh, my favorite preparing was cardio. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like during this pandemic, cardio is really hard to get right now. <laughs> um, and my favorite kill, you love a good apple pressing. You know, a good <laughs> fall apple pressing is always good. Um, let's see, like, yeah, the, just all the, all the prep stuff just was just fun to watch. Um, I, I thought that was, that was definitely, it, it was, it was a good lead up. I think the, uh, uh, favorite kill, I, I like the, um, I, I, I kind of, I, I like the interaction between, uh, Todd when he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, I'm, I'm going to be the sacrifice. I'll do, you know, and, okay. <laughs> it was just, it was very like. Well, all right. The thing is that you you see the how how um, friendly they actually get with with Leslie, and yeah. when Todd is is uh, on the ground and he pulls off his mask, it's like it's me, it's me, come on, you know me, um, and you just see Leslie just like nope, sorry, bro, uh, you're gone. It, that I think that makes it a little bit scarier because, like I said before, it he he's able to switch off this persona of being this friendly. Yeah um happy joke jokester to the point where he's like you know oh i'm a killer i'm i'm a psychopath um so he's able to switch it on and off pretty easily yeah because i mean you'd have you think that they'd probably been hanging out they've been interacting together uh probably online for a while to build this up and then you know they've been hanging out for in close quarters for you know probably a week or two and you know sharing meals doing all the stuff joking but at that point you have in jokes and other stuff and mm-hmm. murder happens how about you Eric? oh uh yeah the, the preparation with the cardio was probably one of my favorite bits but uh uh as far as far a kill i guess you know zelda and hollering showing up and him hopping around the, the library getting shot at then at the scene right after that being so excited he has his own ahab now i mean he was just so <laughs> stoked the, I, I think my favorite thing is the house preparation. Just the whole thing of, of like why it never works out for these these teens when they're trying to escape. Like why can they never get away? Mm-hmm. And my favorite kill would be the the uh, the hole digger into the heart. 
um mm. he puts it in no, his hand. Yeah. the thing is like i i don't i, I don't know. i'm not even going to try to 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 rationalize how that <laughs> happened oh but he puts it in his hand and the guy look, looks at his heart and he's like oh crap but my the favorite preparation part is the actual trees like why don't these guys go out the tree oh, that's because i i rigged it to where if they try to get on the trees they're gonna fall to their death just like jesse does <clears throat> Um, it's like a, a slasher home alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> OMG, this is this is actually Macaulay, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's the name of the movie? Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, but what's the name? Uh, Kevin. Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister. <laughs> OMG. Uh, well, do you know that there's a theory that Kevin McAllister grew up to be Jigsaw? Right? <laughs> oh. Hmm. <laughs> you, yeah, you'd be something like that as a child, it'd probably, and you have that kind of trauma. It's a lot to, it's a lot to live with, and as you grow and you change and things you, you, you find that you have to fill the gap somewhere and you put some people through some horrific moments and you just kind of still have to do that. I mean, I'm not to say that that's a bad thing. And well, I'm sure not, not here to judge. Yeah, I'm sure little Kevin got put into a, a foster care after that. Cause you know, the DCS came and took him away from his parents for leaving him home alone twice. Well, yeah. Maybe he became well, there three times. Or something. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not the same uh, same actor, it was three times. Uh, actually, I think fourth now. By 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 now, I think it's fourth time. Already. Fourth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, overall, I enjoyed the movie. I still enjoy the movie. I um, it's one of the movies that when I'm I'm a couple on a couple of horror groups in in the um, and on Facebook, and mm-hmm. whenever someone is like. I'm looking for a movie that is not well known, that is not, um, you know, something that you know, just uh, kind of off the beaten path <laughs> of horror movies. I always say either Behind the Mask or Hush. I think those two movies oh, yeah. are, are really great uh, slasher films for for what they are. Um, and I think this one it really does live up to to. It still lives up for when I first saw it to now to when I saw it now. You, you know what I got to say about this that uh, I think we, we, we glazed over, but I, I, it went unnoticed and it should be commended for is that it didn't have any, any, um, anything that tagged it in a specific time frame, And I think that's notable. It makes it almost a timeless movie. Uh, even though this was filmed in uh, 2006, I believe it, it held, it holds true or holds good for somebody watching it even currently right now. Because you don't even realize that it's that um, that that it was filmed in that in that year because it doesn't it doesn't mention anything it doesn't use any it doesn't showcase any technology of that time uh, it doesn't make any references that would date it in any way shape or form uh, so it, the only thing it, even like Eric said he was like oh I thought that person was dead I didn't realize that they were <laughs> they were still alive until you realize that oh yeah this movie was actually filmed right before they passed away so. It's it, it. I think that that should be commended in the fact that they did such a good job at keeping it so tight and clean in that way. And I, if more films did that, it would make them have a better longevity for viewers. And uh, what's it called? It's so under the radar that I think anybody who finds it is one of those little treasures that horror treasures that people did not realize it came out. That yeah. I, I enjoy telling people about it and and seeing their reactions to it. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be the. It's not going to be a Halloween. It's not going to be a Nightmare on Elm Street, but you know it, it does have its merits in there. And I, I like I said, I absolutely 
enjoy watching this. Um, so I do belong to a couple of horror groups, and I did ask for a couple of, couple of people to to react to it. As always, I end up doing it right before we're going to go on, and so I don't get a lot of reactions before <laughs> we record. I just always forget to do it way ahead of time. Um, but Melissa Moore, uh, Mormon, she said, uh, absolutely loved it. I enjoyed the perspective of how it was written, different, fun, and it was one of a kind. Great watch. Um, it's actually, she's my cousin. She she didn't realize I was I was nursing the crypt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, Casey Boker, a uh, friend of the podcast, he's been on a couple times. Uh, he's always he's always uh, willing to to um, give his insights on it. Classic cult flick, cult flick, super fun and original. Um, I agree with both of them. Um, like I said before, and I wish I had put it out there. Ahead, way ahead of time, so I can get a bit more re- bit of reactions. A lot of people did like mm-hmm. the picture or, or reacted on Facebook with the the heart emoji, meaning that they they it liked the movie, but they just they didn't write what they thought of the movie itself. Uh, so, I, like I said, if I would, probably would have done this about a week in advance, maybe I could have gotten more. Um, mm-hmm. But then, since we do record a week in advance, it would have been like two weeks in advance of when this actually comes out. So I don't know. <laughs> Timing is a little a little little off there. Um, I guess last thoughts of of, of um, for behind the mask. Well, I'll go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I liked it uh, mostly because you know it, it wasn't slapsticky. It wasn't a slapstick comedy. It was more of a dark comedy at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then it transi- transitioned very well to be more of a serious slasher in the third act. I mean, and didn't continue the comedy so much through the end, and it all merged very well together as a whole movie. The transition from the the mockumentary to the slasher, um, I don't know, I don't know if y'all noticed this, but it, it goes from behind the camera and it kind of it goes over the top of them, and then it starts recording from above, and the, you can see the the transition in the film quality. It goes from the, mm-hmm. from yeah. the handheld to to like an actual movie. Uh, I I just like the fact that it is that kind of sleeper film where you could you could bring it to somebody that's not into uh, one specific like if they're not into horror but they're into other things and and give it to them under the I don't want to say the guys but under the explanation that oh hey if you like the office or something <laughs> like that uh, and kind of tell them a little bit about the backstory and they're like eh, okay i'll watch it with you and you know see how it, and kind of see how they react to it and you know some people either will like it or, or they won't but at the same point it's like it's a nice introduction to a horror film for someone if if they're they're wanting to watch something that's kind of scary which it does def- definitely go that direction you know it's got that slasher this near the end but it but it can lead into that and that's nice i i think it's a good it's a good way to get somebody on the hook if you will it's a good wholesome movie yeah, it's a great family <laughs> film he's trying to bring together he's got all these all these beats right he's he's trying to bring everything together he's got a party planned it's a big it's a big moment for him and he wants to bring the special people to essentially his family by bringing them to Eugene and his wife to introduce them. We, uh, I totally, I totally missed out on the whole him being so excited. He breaks down right before, like with a couple hours away. Oh yeah. He just starts crying. Cause he's so happy that it's about to happen. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's good. Stuff. David. Yeah. I enjoy uh, a good mockumentary. Uh, big fan of documentary now, uh, spinal tap and the, 
this is really great to see it from the perspective of like a, a the horror scary movie genre, which I don't think we we see too often without it going so over the top like scary movie that it's just kind of like a lot of slapsticky uh, with too many nods to too many films. Uh, and this is a great blend of sort of a lot of different uh, elements of horror without with also making its its own original uh, story. Yeah, I I like that it's not a parody. It can be it can you can definitely look at it as a parody, but it's it's definitely an homage. And mm. I'll I'll use a, a TV show as a, as an example of what the difference between an homage and a parody is. Um, the Orville. I thought it was going to be a parody mm. of Star Trek. No, yeah, it's a it's a it's a homage to Star Trek. It actually plays very well, and I feel like it actually would fit into the Star Trek universe. Um, so I think that that this is those type of movie that it would fit into um, to the the classic slashers. Well, while never actually living up to the the classics, it can fit into those classics. Mm. Mm. Um, we'll go ahead and leave that one there. Um, like I said before, if you guys are interested in another type of um, meta found footage kind of movie, Butterfly Kisses is out on Prime as well. Um, and we have, a, I'll link the episode where we talked to Eric Christopher Myers about that movie um, in the description to this one. So if you guys want to hear him talk about that one as well, you guys can go, you guys can go and listen to that one. Um, but Eric, I want to thank you once again for joining us, not only for, for talking about Zombie for World of Oz issue two, but also sitting with us. And uh, we had a, a quite a bit of, of tech issues. Uh, some some of it probably will appear in the episode because it's just um, of what happened <laughs> today. But thank you for, for putting up with all that to to uh, to continue with this, um, this review. No, that's fine. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, Supporting indie creators and joining people like you guys is always a good time. Yeah, and like guys, um, I should have said at the beginning, but if you guys are uh, any type of indie creator, uh, graphic novels, uh, uh, just regular novels, um, filmmakers, anything like that, just if you want to be in, on, on the podcast, just reach out to us, um, nerdsftc at gmail.com. We do have some um, things coming up in the in the future. I don't know if we're allowed to say exactly yet, but we will be, I would just say we'll be joining a network pretty soon uh, to hopefully be able to reach more of you guys out there. Um, so hopefully um, that will be, the transition will be happening soon in the next uh, month or so, hopefully and completed. And we'll be able to actually say what's going on. But um, I want to go ahead and thank everyone for joining us here on Nerd from the Crypt. And we'll see you guys next time. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast.